0: Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha. I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the European markets by Petra Puskarova, our European Energy Risk Manager. Good morning to you, Petra. I think we were going to start off on oil. The geopolitical situation is always interesting there, but the interplay between China, Iran and United States. What's the current situation?
0: Good morning, Jeremy. Yes, let's have a quick look at oil this week in the beginning of the podcast. I just want to show or share a few numbers that are related to the increase in production globally that we are currently looking or that is being forecasted for the upcoming period. So maybe just again to give you know a little bit of perspective, the peak of the US crude production in 2018 and 2019 has been around 13 million barrels per day and we are currently looking at production around 11 million barrels per day which is up from the lows that we've observed in February last year, around 9.8 million barrels per day. We are seeing further potential for the increase in the production, especially in the U.S. and especially in the shale production, because we are also seeing further week-on-week increases in the number of operating rigs that currently stand at around 300 for operating rigs, which is significantly higher from August last year when the near historical low was at around 180, but still down from the pre-COVID levels at around 680 operating rigs.
1: Indeed and uh, it's interesting for some of us observing the situation in in America uh, because of course the Biden administration takes a rather different line to its predecessor on climate change and the need to address emissions associated with the production of oil and gas through fracking and so on. What's the situation there in America? Are there legislative initiatives to try and restrict production? How are things going?
0: So, of course, as soon as the Biden administration has been inaugurated, we saw the re-entry into Paris Agreement that then, of course, triggered further discussions around green agenda in the US. Of course, there are lots of discussions and views on the big investments that are needed to be put into economy to turn it greener, and also some discussions or views on carbon pricing have been shared and potentially carbon pricing is something that is in the pipeline in the US for private companies just to pick maybe some uh, latest information from different states there has been a proposed bill in California to ban fracking and some other extraction methods and also to create some buffer in terms of oil oil rigs being in a close proximity to households and schools because that is something that is current situation in California it is not unusual to see operating oil wells also in the city centers in various cities and so so there has been a bill that has been proposed to stop these activities or at least to limit them. But unfortunately, or maybe even surprisingly, this bill hasn't passed because the opposition from the oil industry in the California has been fierce, despite California being one of the states that maybe the green agenda is really the headline. Of course, the opposition has been fierce from the point of view about potential of major job losses in California.
1: Well, of course, Iran is important, too, to the oil market. What's the situation there, Petra, and the relationship, if there is one, with what's going on in China?
0: So there are two very important situations or observations around Iran. So the first one would be the fact that the potential about sanctions being dropped is currently being discussed, which would mean that Iran could again increase the production up to 4 million barrels per day by end of 2022. The production currently stands at around 2.1 million barrels per day and it's already up from the lows that have been observed in 2020, which is mostly due to the fact that China is currently very interested in cheaper Iranian oil despite the sanctions. So the price difference between S brand and Iranian oil being available for delivery into China is around 5 or 6 dollars on delivery which is quite significant discount Also, what is important to consider is that in general, talks between China and Iran are increasing. There are also several talks about possibility of China investing further into Iranian production to be able to use Iran as one of their main suppliers that could potentially then pose some risk on the demand for especially US oil.
1: Well, that's clearly something to watch, as you say, perhaps for the slightly longer term, because what happens in America has a profound impact on oil and gas prices internationally. And thinking of gas slightly closer to home, some of our discussions are centred around the infamous Nord Stream pipelines and so on and dependence on Russian gas. But LNG is equally, if not more important these days, certainly for some some countries. And I gather there's been a new capacity opening in Croatia. Is that right?
0: Yes, indeed. Just in January this year, there has been a new LNG terminal in Croatia in island Krk that has been commissioned. This new terminal has a capacity of 2.6 BCM and is currently operational, so few uh, cargoes are already in the schedule. We have two cargoes scheduled in April and one cargo scheduled into May, which will again bring additional volume into Central and Eastern countries.
1: So, Pasha, what's the implications of all this for the spreads on the gas exchanges? What's been happening there?
0: So some interesting development on the spreads between the CJX and the other more Western European indexes as for example TTF or MBP. So CJX is the Central and Eastern European Gas Exchange which historically due to lower liquidity in the market has been trading at the premium comparing to other indices. But currently due to increased number of participants, also the view on the the extra LNG or gas supply in general coming into Europe has been improving and actually during a limited period of time over January and February, we actually saw prices on CJX exchange trading at discount comparing to other indexes. What is also interesting is the speed of the development of this exchange with the view of also potential further inva- investment from Hungary in TurkStream pipeline, we are expecting further development in this exchange, which again would be very beneficial, especially for day ahead and intraday prices in Central and Eastern Europe, alongside planned cross-border development.
1: Well, that's particularly important, not just for direct gas consumers there, but also transition away from coal and allowing uh, perhaps more gas use in power generation and also to back up renewables. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes the landscape in the near and longer term. But of course, carbon is increasingly important to us, at least within the European market. And we've had some astonishingly high carbon prices. I presume the prices are still at those sort of relatively high levels, above 40 euros a tonne
0: yes they are currently still in the trading range between 40 and 45 euros per ton over the past few days i would say that the rally may be softened a little bit so potentially prices are slightly running out of the steam there are a few reasons for that of course we are finally exiting the peak demand season so there are already views that the demand for fossil fuels could be easing off And the compliance period for purchasing of carbon certificate is currently nearing the end, so the buying activity has slowed down slightly, but there is a very strong potential that carbon will test the territory above 45 euros per ton in the near term.
1: Well, these are quite astonishing prices, and one forgets a few years ago that uh, anything above €30 Euros a tonne was considered a strong carbon price, but of course, with the European Union and the UK prioritising action on climate change, and as we record this, news is emerging about uh, uh, the UK's own targets for 2035, one supposes that this carbon price can only remain resilient, but uh, I wonder, do you think there's an element of a, if not a bubble in this, perhaps a over-enthusiasm for some of these high prices, because the impact of all of this on the power markets is quite significant, isn't it?
0: Potentially yes. Several forecasts have been shared in the industry over the course of past few days and past few weeks as we've entered Q2 of 2021. The forecast by various analysts uh, shows that carbon prices could average around 42 to maybe 41 euros until the end of the year, which shows some potential for decrease considering that prices have been currently hovering around 43 to 44 euros for past few weeks so some downside maybe although very limited is possible in the near term also as you correctly mentioned potentially in relation to the launch of the new uk ets scheme for the united kingdom
1: Well, that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch in its own right and the expectation is that directly or indirectly there'll become some kind of link of course between the UK and the European prices but thinking sort of more widely about supply and demand how are things looking overall there we're coming out of the spring period we hope or rather into the spring period and looking forward to the summer you would imagine that prices are easing off and uh, demand for heating uh, energy at least is going down equally I hope there's some signs from the markets of uh, increased demand from renewed economic activities, we come out of the COVID problems. Uh, What's the balance look like at the moment? So
0: the unfortunate event of this year was that we were actually looking at three weeks of winter demand in summer contract, which, of course, provided further boost for the prices on the back of increased demand in particular countries or in, in various countries. The gas demand in Germany over the past few weeks has been 5% above the seasonal norm. This is, again, due to the fact that we were looking at temperatures that were way below seasonal norms that are normal for this time of the year and unfortunately comparing to last year when the winter has been mild and windy we were looking at the winter that was unfortunately cold and we were not getting as much wind generation as we would have wished for. There were moments or there were short-term periods that of course we saw some surge in the wind generation, but no period that would be long enough to provide some significant downside for prices.
1: Right, I see. So, uh, I mean, of course, the, the issue for wind is it's it's great in producing power relatively cheaply now on average, but not necessarily when you need it. And in a, in a prolonged cold snap, we need something else to fill the gap. And I suppose at least gas is a slightly cleaner fuel to burn than, than coal. But looking at the situation across Europe as a whole to sort of conclude this, uh, you know, are there some lessons there you think policymakers and others should be uh, learning from this experience? After all, cold weather is not unknown, even in in a warming world, we're going to have to accommodate this and presumably the the markets are going to have to respond.
0: Of course, my view or view in general would be that, especially in countries that are pushing the phase out of uh, especially coal generation, but also some phase out of the older nuclear plants. So Germany, for example, with the potential of significant amount of capacity going offline by this year, if the cold weather and low wind or renewable generation in general was to persist into, or was to repeat again in Q1-22, there are significant doubts about capacity being sufficient. Of course, there are uh, lots of projects and lots of work being completed on the cross-border capacity, so deliveries and transports would be guaranteed, so potentially blackouts would not be something that we would be looking at, but then imports from other countries would be guaranteed, which would then, again, Again, in these other countries that would be exporting power, for example, into Germany, if we use it as an example, prices in those countries would rise, of course, again.
1: Well, I think that's a great observation on which to conclude. It's about having enough capacity, but it's also about having enough flexibility and cross-border capacity is something I'm sure we'll uh, return to on a future occasion. Well, thank you, Petra. That was really interesting. I uh, hope you found that interesting too. If you'd like to find out more, please have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash uk have a look at our reports there and join us again for a podcast soon